Are you working? What kind of work do you do? Welcome, welcome, welcome back, folks, to another episode of Third and Forever with Tyler Haskins. I'm your host, with the most, Tyler Haskins, riding solo today on a Friday, man. Uh, most of the time, we, we do the guests on Fridays and bring them on for those episodes, but um, today I just decided to do a solo episode with myself. Uh, we'll be having a guest back on the show uh, next week, but wanted to just do a solo show with myself this morning and uh, talk about a few things related to basketball. And uh, some football as well regarding the NFL draft. But to start off with some basketball stuff, uh, I want to bring back up this whole topic of Caitlin Clark, Iowa women's basketball player, and Angel Reese uh, from LSU women's basketball from, you know, the amazing women's national championship game that we got this past Sunday. Um, I ain't going to dive too much into it. I'm not going to, you know, talk too much about it. Uh, But – Y'all was angry, man. Y'all was y'all was angry out there on the internet and, and out, out on socials talking about this stuff, man. I mean, I posted this and I, I posted on my TikTok. If you go on my TikTok account and look, there's a video there that just offers a segment of you know my recording from our podcast on Monday regarding you know my comments on how people were saying Angel Reese is classless and stuff like that for you know making the gesture towards Caitlin Clark and it, it blew up and I was like, okay, great. I'm glad that I'm reaching a lot of people and it's blowing up, but it started to seem like it was blowing up for the wrong reasons. Cause you go back and you look at the comments and you got a bunch of people fighting about race. Now I'm gonna keep it a buck with y'all. Yes. Race is completely involved in this. We're not going to sugarcoat that and we're not going to get away from that. All right? We're here to talk about the real stuff. All right. And, even though this is sports, there's still some real life elements into that. And that is going to happen when the world loves the star white player and the star black player who I guess the world is not comfortable with or hasn't been used to the way she may do things is coming under fire because she's coming off as bullying or aggressive. And I think a lot of times, when when black women can show their themselves, it gets misconstrued in that way. You know, Caitlin Clark herself even said in an interview after the game, I think it was Monday morning or Tuesday morning, that Angel shouldn't be criticized for what she did, man. Angel was just talking a little junk, man. It's part of sports. And I guarantee you, in fact, I, I know for a fact, confirmed it with others. That Caitlin Clark talks a whole bunch of junk too, not just to LSU, not just to Angel Reese. It's just part of part of the game, man. It's part of sports, and a lot of times, especially with women's sports, that's probably not more common because we have we as a society have made it so women are supposed to conduct themselves when it comes to athletics. Women and female athletes are supposed to conduct themselves in a ladylike fashion. However, if they're going to express themselves, let them express themselves. If that's going to involve talking junk, then let them talk junk. Don't sit here and talk down to them. Don't call them classless. Or don't sit here and ride with one and not rock with another just because they're expressing themselves. Okay? I think it's exactly exactly 100% true that we hold 
female athletes to a different standard than we do male athletes. But I think we need to do a better job of being more open-minded and allowing them to express themselves in the way they do. And that goes for someone such as Angel Reese. That goes for someone such as Caitlin Clark. But I'm going to go ahead and squash this one and put it to bed, man. All right? Ain't nobody talking about it no more anyway. So I'm going to leave it alone. But bottom line is, one team won, another one lost. And at the end of the day, you still have two great teams and two phenomenal basketball players. That's just the bottom line. But to continue talking about some more basketball, NBA playoffs are almost here, man. It's Friday, April 7th now. We got only a few more days left of the regular season. The season ends. Everybody plays on Sunday here on the 9th in a couple days. Then the season's over. For a lot of teams, you know, you're you're headed home and you're done. But for 10 teams in each respective conference, you know, six teams are locked in, and you got those four teams that are vying for the last two playoff spots with the play-in tournament. I just want to say real quick, my opinion on the play-in tournament, I never liked it. And, of course, it got implemented because of COVID and because that season back in 2020 got uh, suspended, and then they brought it back, and they were in the bubble in Orlando. And it was necessary at that point, but I was like, why are we keeping this around? I won't lie, though. It started to grow on me a little bit. I'm, I'm starting to get used to it a little bit more. And I like the idea of it. I really do. And I'm sure there's a lot of teams who like the idea of it, especially teams like the great Los Angeles Lakers. You know, let me just tell you something. There, there's a few sports teams in the field of sports overall that you talk about them even when you don't want to talk about them. And football is the Dallas Cowboys. And basketball is the Los Angeles Lakers. You talk about them when you don't want to talk about them. Why? Because they matter to people. For some reason, they matter. People may hate on the Cowboys, but they love hearing about them. Some people may hate on the Lakers and LeBron, but they they still tune in when they're on TV. They still tune in when people like me are talking about it on the mic. So we're going to talk about the Lakers. We're going to talk about the whole whole playoff field overall. I want to just start with the West because the West is is so interesting this year where for as long as I can remember, the West has been like the strength of the NBA. And that was that was because you had LeBron James for the longest dominating the East in his days in in Cleveland, but really when he went to Miami and took over there and won his first title. After that, his, his remaining time in the East, he was in the finals every year, right? Between his years in Miami to his return in Cleveland, he ran the East. In the West, every single year, you know, the Warriors, they they picked it up and went on their dynasty run that honestly is, is still in existence. It hasn't ended because they, they're the defending, defending champions that we haven't forgotten. Okay, and please don't forget that. But it was the Warriors. It was the Rockets, uh, the Clippers, the Thunder, you know, like so many different teams. Even obviously the Lakers relevant uh, regardless with, you know, the late great Kobe Bryant in his days still playing ball when he was in L.A. Um, But, you know, trailblazers with guys like Dame coming in and, um, you know, the Suns became more relevant. Uh, after you know Devin Booker was on his own for years and finally started to get some help, they've become more relevant over the past few years. 
So overall, like the West has always been there with the star power and like some dominating teams. But this year is, is very different because the top three teams in the West this year are some unproven teams. And, and the most interesting thing about it, they're such small market teams, too. I mean, you look at it, it's, it's the Denver Nuggets. Denver's a bigger market than, than some of these other ones. But then it's Memphis. It's the Memphis Grizzlies. And then shout out the Sacramento Kings, man. I think it's the first time in the playoffs since like 2006, maybe. I was like four, four years old last time they made it to the playoffs. That's insane, man. How, how do they be doing? I think the Sacramento thing is light the beam. Or they, 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 show, they light the little beam from the, uh, the top of the Golden One Center out in Sacramento and shoot it up into the sky. I think they for real, man. I really do. I watch out for the Kings. People are saying they ain't got the experience. They're going to sit there at the three seed. That's what they're locked into right now. Um, and they're going to play the six. And I believe as of right now, I have to check on it. Okay, don't don't quote me on it. I got I to gotta make sure I got my information right. Got to take care of my journalism side here. But now you've got the Kings at, at the three seed. And then as of right now, in the six seed is Golden State, right? It's the Warriors. People look at that and they're like, all right. Golden State's been there. They got the experience. They're the defending champions. Who cares about seeding? I see Steph Curry. I see Klay Thompson, Draymond, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins is returning. I know these these guys. I'm familiar with this team. They win a lot. Sacramento, they're they're unproven. We don't know much about them when it comes to postseason basketball. So a lot of people say, hey, I'm rolling with the uh, with the Warriors. The Warriors also ain't that that good on the road, okay? And here's the thing. I don't watch all regular season basketball because there's too much, there's too many games, and there's too much load management where you're not gonna get the best of the best every night. That's just the bottom line. It's not worth tuning into every single game. Let's just be real. But what I do know has been a major storyline throughout the season and leading up to these playoffs is that the Warriors are not a good team on the road. They cannot seem to win games on the road for whatever reason. How much trouble could that get them into the playoffs? I really don't know. But at the end of the day, it is the Warriors. And I think that the experience factor is really going to show us who's real and who's not in these playoffs. Because those top three teams don't have a whole lot of winning experience. I mean, Memphis, they're a young team, man. They're a young team. They haven't made it that far. Denver. They made it far, but not a whole lot of success. You know, you look at the rest of the, the Western Conference, you go down, the Suns are at four, right? Now, that's huge right now because you've got, as of right now, the Los Angeles Clippers have moved up into the fifth spot. It was Golden State before. We were we were going to have a Golden State-Phoenix uh, matchup in the first round, which could have been Kevin Durant going against uh, his former team, former teammates in the Warriors. Now, that could still happen. We still have three days left, counting the games tonight, tomorrow, and then Sunday. As of right now, it's the Clippers in that position. But the Suns, they're a dangerous team, and I don't believe they have lost since Kevin Durant got there every, every time he has played. Every time he has played since he's been there, when he has been healthy, they have not lost. So it's very interesting to take a look at it and say, all right, if he's at full strength, and I got him, and I got Book, and I got CP3, DeAndre Ayton. How much damage could this Suns team do? A lot. I really do think a lot. I keep going down these standings, and I see the Lakers are seven, man. 
I got to tell you, I've been watching a lot of Lakers basketball lately since LeBron came back from his foot injury. And I got to tell you, I'm liking what I'm seeing. This this Lakers team that, you know, obviously traded, they got Russell Westbrook off the books. He didn't fit well what they were trying to do. You know, he's doing a lot better now with the Clippers. But when they got him out of there and they brought more role players in, guys like D'Lo, D'Angelo Russell, they brought in Jared Vanderbilt. You know, um, these guys were able to to come in and be role players and provide them with better shooting, right? Because the Lakers are not a great three-point shooting team as well. And not only that, they definitely bolstered their defense. Their defense has has skyrocketed since that trade was made, or those trades overall. They've really benefited the Lakers overall. They've kept them in games, and they've allowed them to win a lot of their, their recent games, which another thing – is a big reason to that is the fact that Anthony Davis, yes, Anthony day-to-day Davis, has not been day-to-day. He's been healthy game after game. He played a back-to-back the other night. He played in Utah on, I believe it was Tuesday, and then he played a back-to-back playing against the Clippers on Wednesday, something that he hasn't done in a, in a long time throughout this season. He doesn't normally play back-to-backs because the Lakers training staff knows his injury history. No, he's prone to, to injury very easily. And a lot of that with him, too, what I've heard is that if if he feels like he's got, like, any type of bump or bruise, he just doesn't play. I'm like, dog, what are we doing? I can't get down with that. Come on now. It's the difference between hurt and injured people. But David's been healthy, and he's been balling. He, he's been the reason that they've been winning, it, not just LeBron. That and their, their bolstered defense has been the reason that they've been able to win some games. He's been performing at a high level. The question is, how long will it last? Because every time I see this man go up to get a board or go up to block a shot, I'm worried just the way he comes down because I know he's he's injured his ankle so many times and had all these lower body injuries. I just get worried every time I see him go up in the air. Obviously not wishing him to get hurt. Never, never that. But I feel like you got to feel like it's bound to happen because of his injury history. And you pr- prayerfully it doesn't. You hope it doesn't. But the question is, how long can it last? Can they get the enough games out of AD and LeBron James as well? Who's again, he's not 100% coming off that foot injury. He's not. But it, I promise you, it will be really interesting to see because if you can get a healthy LeBron and a healthy AD to be able to play in these games, the Lakers have a shot at the title. They have a shot to come out of the West. I'm going to say it right now. We haven't had LeBron James in the playoffs in a couple years, man. Don't y'all forget who this man is. He's still the king. On the east side, y'all who know me, I'm a Cavs fan, right? It's been a blessing to be able to see the Cavs get back into the playoffs after about five years. This is the first time that the Cavs have made the playoffs without LeBron James in, in, in some years, man. Like I, I think I wasn't alive the last time that happened, okay? So it's nice to see this team with these young stars, Garland, obviously everything that, that D. Mitch is doing, Spider Mitchell, um, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, like all these guys that have turned this thing around in Cleveland. It's, it's been a sight to see. But they got they got a pretty tough matchup in the first round right now. They're locked in to face the Knicks, and the Knicks have been hot lately. And Jalen Brunson, I didn't really like that deal. I thought he got overpaid to go to New York this, this past offseason, leaving Dallas. But he has shut all the haters up, man. 
he'll shut all the haters up. He's got New York in a really good position for a playoff run. As a Cavs fan, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little worried because the Knicks going to come with it. I think the Cavs still get out the first round, but the Knicks are going to come with it. That's, that series is probably going six, maybe even seven games. And then I look at the top of the East. These top three teams you keep hearing about, we've been hearing about it all year, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia. I'm going to say it right now. Philadelphia's overrated. They're overrated. The hype is the hype is too much. They've been overhyped for too long with the whole process narrative and Joel Embiid. No, the process has been taking too long. This this team has never even made the Eastern Conference Finals with Joel Embiid. All right? It, and it's not going to happen this year. I'll tell you that right now. In terms of Boston, hey, y'all made it to the to the finals last year. Y'all are defending Eastern Conference champions. But Boston, they have they have the ability to literally shoot themselves out of games. They drop a lot of big games, a lot of games that they should win, and they can't finish them a lot of the time. They're too inconsistent. Milwaukee is the most complete team to me in the East. <laughs> I say that unfortunately as a Cavs fan, but I think the Cavs still got another step to go. But Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee, especially the way that Giannis has been playing, Giannis won't win the MVP, but he's playing just like one. And Gian- Giannis is the best player in the NBA. I'm going to call it for what it is. Better than Jokic, better than Embiid, he is. I think Milwaukee comes out the East. And I'm not going to sleep on him because I really i am strong on the Kings in the West. I really am. I think what may come back to bite them is a little bit of inexperience. And because of that, I could see a team like the Warriors or the Suns coming out the final or coming out the, the Western Conference final, excuse me. I think we get a Bucks Suns rematch from a couple years ago when Giannis won his first title. Or we get a Bucks Warriors and the Warriors head back. And Steph Curry goes for five. And that would be a sight to see. But I want to transition here to a little bit of college football ahead of the NFL draft. Now, I've been talking in the past few weeks about, you know, wide receiver one conversation, the QB one conversation. Uh, I want to dive back into the quarterback conversation about QB one because I did a mock draft the other day, people. I did a mock draft for the first time since the Panthers traded up to get the number one overall pick from Chicago. And I'm going to be honest, and I said this about this, this this dude the last time I talked about the quarterback conversation. Because I feel he is the safest option. There's no one that, that truly stands out to me as QB1. But I think he's the safest option. And because of who now has that number one overall pick, I think he will be the first overall pick. And that's going to be C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud. You know I'm a big Anthony Richardson guy. I'm a big advocate. And I like what Anthony Richardson does. But Anthony Richardson is a little bit too raw. And don't don't get me wrong, because in the past I've talked about how much of a good thing that is, because he's a freak of nature. And the fact that he's raw, he has things that, that are fixable. His footwork, his mechanics. His reads, he he can do all that stuff and improve them. They're all coachable. But CJ Safer, though. CJ Safer, you know why? 
because CJ's got that stuff already. He's more consistent with it. He wins. Okay, he, he never beat Michigan, whatever, all right? The dude put himself in the – he put his team by himself in a position to be in the national championship this past season, despite losing to Michigan for the second year in a row, all right? I know he'll have that narrative of the Ohio State quarterback who never beat Michigan. Cool. But guess what? Michiganders, y'all can y'all can have that and enjoy that. But this man's going to be the first overall pick. I'm calling it right now. And I think Bryce goes second. I think Bryce Young goes second to the Texans. Some speculation recently about maybe the Texans don't take a quarterback or two. They do have two first-round picks. I believe they have two in, um, in 12 is their other one. So maybe they don't need to take it at two. But I'm going to tell you right now, the top four quarterbacks are going to go within the top – Let's see. I'm going to say seven picks. The top four quarterbacks are going to go within the top seven picks. Because the way I see it going down is Stroud goes one to Carolina. Bryce goes two to Houston. Anthony Richardson goes four to Indianapolis. And that that shuts down. I talked about this couple weeks back as well. That shuts down all the Lamar to Indianapolis talk, okay, because I don't think it's smart for the Colts to try and take on the payment that Lamar Jackson is seeking. It's better for them to go get a young star and rebuild. Because of that, I see Anthony Richardson going as a third quarterback off the board, fourth overall to the Indianapolis Colts. I see Will Levis going seventh overall to the Las Vegas Raiders because I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo – is a long-term option for Las Vegas. Obviously, they signed him out of free agency. I believe he signed a three-year deal, but he's he's not the long-term option for those guys. He's more of a veteran guy that I think will be there because he's familiar. He's a system quarterback. He's familiar with Josh McDaniel's offense. I said it from the for the longest that it made the most sense for him to go there, and he did to be paired with Josh McDaniels again. But I think Levis gets drafted with their first overall or their first-round pick, rather to be someone who sits under Jimmy G, right, but learns from him, basically is groomed. And we kind of get that, you know, that Jimmy Garoppolo that was groomed under Tom Brady with Josh McDaniels in New England. Now I'm thinking that, hey, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo has his own kind of protege in Will Levis who gets groomed with Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas. Do I think Will Levis is the day one starter? I'm gonna just I'm gonna say it blatantly as possible. Hell no, no, not at all. Can he be a starter in this league? Of course he can. Of course, I'll give the guy a chance. I watched him throw in Indianapolis. I've seen his tape. He can play at the next level. He can. Is he ready to do it right away? No. No, he's not. And I think it fits it fits Vegas really well because you go and you've already signed the veteran to three years. He's a system quarterback that helps you right now where you can you can go and win football games. And you're not coming out the AFC West. I'll tell you that right now. It's still Patrick Mahomes division. As long as Patrick Mahomes is in that division, which he's he's locked on for another what eight years, I believe, with the Chiefs, it's going to be his division. That's bottom line. You're not gonna win the AFC West if you're Vegas. But maybe you get more of a competitive competitive edge in your team. But I see Will Levis going seven. 
Now I want to talk about one more quarterback. Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker was on his way to being a Heisman, man. He, At least a Heisman finalist, which he still should have been. Okay? They screwed him on that. He still should have been invited to New York for what he did before he got hurt. You know, recovering from a torn ACL, that awful injury he suffered. Hendon Hooker could go in the first round. I think I talked before that Hendon Hooker didn't make it out the first round, that he would go in the second. But more and more I've heard there's been some interest from the Vikings because they're not confident or not not set on Kirk Cousins being, you know, the long-term guy to go and win championships under moving forward over the next X amount of years. And it could be a situation where Hendon comes in, he sits under Kirk, he gets ready to take the reins. It's, it's going to be his job to take one day. But another team that I have a personal, I have personal stock invested in is the Baltimore Ravens. Now, here's how I feel about the Ravens situation. I'm, I'm going to get a little off track here from the, the rookie quarterback conversation. Lamar is not playing another snap in Baltimore. All right. And I'm, I'm not here to joke around about it right now. I'll just call it for what it is. He's not going to play another snap in Baltimore, and here's why. Because unless I believe they have till July 17th, the team and Lamar, to reach a long-term deal. I, don't, I do not believe that deal will be reached. And Lamar also has until that date to sign an offer with another team. Not enough teams have shown interest in him. I do not think a deal gets done with any other team. So Lamar remains a Raven and is now on the non-exclusive $32 million franchise tag for 2023. And I promise you, Lamar Jackson is not paying, or excuse me, is not playing for $32 million knowing Daniel Jones' ass is up in New York playing for $40 million a year. It's not happening. He will not suit up. He will not play. And the Ravens are going to be stuck. I'm going to have to be forced to either draft a quarterback or sign one in free agency. And at pick 22 in the first round, you're not going to get one of the top quarterbacks. Because like I said, the top four quarterbacks on the board will go in the top seven picks. You're looking at Hendon Hooker, and that's about it. They are better off going to sign the best free agent quarterback remaining right now is Teddy Bridgewater. And honestly, at this point, you're better off signing Teddy after the draft to see how the draft goes and then letting him get implemented in new OC Todd Munkin's offense. Because you need a quarterback, bottom line. And it's not going to be Lamar. It just is what it is. And it's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate. But that's how it goes sometimes. But overall, with this quarterback situation, man, I think that C.J. Stroud really, really fits Frank Reich, the, the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And I said it so much with Anthony Richardson beforehand that he fit him as well, and I think he still would. But, again, it goes back to that safe option. Once again, I do not believe that any of these guys are outright QB1, but it kind of is one of these situations where I feel like it kind of just fits the situation right now. It's not, it's not necessarily about who's the outright QB1 right now. It's more about the situation. The Panthers now got the number one overall pick. What fits their situation the best in my eyes is C.J. Stroud. It's like years ago when we had the quarterback class that had Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, 
uh, Josh Rosen. Oh, my goodness. forgot about that guy. Um, and Baker Mayfield ended up being the number one overall pick. And I don't think a lot of people had Darnold being the first guy to go off the board, the first quarterback. You know, maybe not Baker completely. Baker was definitely up there to be the first quarterback off. But to be the number one overall pick, I don't know. But again, I think they had to do it with situation. I think he fit them better situationally what they're trying to do. And that's what I think right now about C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young, I think Houston has expressed that they are a lot more comfortable when it comes to the height. D'Amico Ryan is confident in what he can do as NFL quarterback. And I think that Bryce could do some good things in Houston. But CJ seems to he, – he still remains, to me, the safest option at quarterback coming out of this draft. And the Panthers need a quarterback. That's their number one priority. They don't need to be taking anybody else in the first round. CJ Stroud going to be that man first off the board. And he's going to be the first to hear his name called in Kansas City. And I'm proud to announce that I will be there – when he gets his name called first overall, because I'm proud to announce that I will be attending the 2023 NFL draft in Kansas City with the Draft Network. So I appreciate the opportunity from them and looking forward to that a lot. But this has been another episode of Third and Forever with Tyler Haskins. I'm your host with the most, Tyler Haskins. Rate and review the show, people. Check it out on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We do our video content all over TikTok and put our video, our full video shows on YouTube as well at Third and Forever with Tyler Haskins. You can follow me at T underscore Hask, that's H-A-S-K Hask 21 on Twitter or on TikTok at Third and Forever T Haskins. Rate and review us. Check us out and keep on tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Peace. This has been Third and Forever starring Tyler Haskins.